So how did you get your start into acting? I grew up on the prairie in Canada, and I think I was bit by the bug very early in life. I, I opened up my performance abilities about three years old, singing This Little Light of Mine at Christmas time, <laughs> which my auntie, one of my aunties, uh, you know, helped me with it. And um, I was always in Christmas plays and doing the little Christmas plays and music and so on and so forth. And it continued. And then in high school, I started to uh, do some plays, full-fledged plays for real, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, and then I uh, came to the Hollywood Studio Club. And uh, when I was between 18 and 19 years old, and was in the same room that earlier Marilyn Monroe had been in the room. I thought okay. that, that was pretty exciting. And, <laughs> and then uh, I was in a play and an agent saw me and complimented me a great deal. And he acted more like a manager because boy, he really worked to get my foot in the door quite early in my career down here. Yeah, we started doing television and that's how I got, that's how it all, I mean, a fast camp of how it all got started. Yeah. What was, what was, what was the industry like at that time? I mean, it's certainly a different, uh, it's certainly a different industry in terms of how television, how movies are produced now versus then. What was, what were, what was the industry like at the time? Um, are you telling you, you wanted to find out about TV and movies at that time because they were totally yeah. not so different now, but then very different, very, yeah. very different. Okay. Um, most people snubbed their nose up at television, but by the time I got to LA, Warner Brothers had opened up and had a television division. Screen Gems started to do it. Now, just to grab little things here and there. Now they have a camera on their shoulder. That's why people can walk and talk and move all over because that camera, smaller camera is on the shoulder following the actors down the hall, in the rooms, out in the park or whatever. It's a thing on their shoulder. That's used a lot in both the movies and in television now. Prior was a great big, huge camera on tracks. And when you see the earlier movies, people didn't walk around and talk as much, you know, uh, because you had camera moves and then you had to perform in front of the camera wherever the, when the camera moved, uh, you know, you moved in for a close up or moved in for a two shot. You were always dependent upon a camera on tracks. And sometimes it was way up on booms looking down that was a difference, like in Gone with the Wind and stuff like that, you know, and yeah. things. And another thing, as far as acting, all the TV shows didn't have any more than two or three people. So in order to have a full-fledged story, you had to bring in actors in from the outside because the two leads were solving a problem, usually if it was a detective show. And, mm -hmm. and so you auditioned as the young wife that whose husband got murdered or something and you had the you auditioned for leads at least i did because i had an extensive theater background by then and i could handle auditions for leads now they have 
9, 10, 11, 12 people in a series, <laughs> and they got to use them all. So yeah. you get somebody like Glenn Close that that's being offered a wonderful little tidbit in a, in a television show, and she has one great scene, and that's it, you know. I mean, they don't do carry, uh, they don't hire actors to be all the way through. It's always, uh, now, the only, the only difference is, is English, because a lot of the English series only have still two or three people in them. But American yeah. television can carry at least 10 or more people. And they've got to use these people. They're paying them a lot of money. So actors auditioning, they're auditioning now for five or under or one scene is all, you know, it's totally different that way. Totally. Mm -hmm. So let's go to, uh, let's go to the brain from planet Eros, which I, I, had the chance to watch for the first time this morning and I was really quite, you know, I, it's funny because of the fact that I've seen a lot of 50s sci-fi B movies, courtesy of Mystery Science Theater. And obviously there you're getting their commentary track as well as the movie. So you're getting a skewed version of the movie. But one of the things I, I, I was really quite taken about by this um, when you first uh, had the chance to audition for that role in a movie, what were, what were your thoughts on the screenplay? What were my what from the screenplay? What were your thoughts my on thoughts? the screenplay? Well, okay, Brian, number one, how I got the part was quite different than usually going in and audition for the casting director and then he takes you into the director and a producer and things like that. I had done, I was doing general, uh, not general hospital, um, Dr. Christian, Man in the Challenge, things at Ziv and different and um, General Electric and a camera, uh, first cameraman saw me and uh, I worked, you know, and I got to know Jack Marquette that way because I always was, saying good morning to the guys behind the camera, which are very important. And he said he had written a sci-fi movie and it's a, about an alien. He said, do you, what do you think about sci-fi? And I told him my history that I loved it ever since I was a kid. And he said, well, I've been watching your work and uh, I need a young actress, but who's very strong. And he was very complimentary of my work and gave me an offer to do the movie right then and there. And he was part writer of it. The director, I guess, had no say so. The writer was doing his casting. It was an independent film, which is, you know, independent uh, films were just getting started at that time. And I uh, didn't audition or anything. He offered me the role. I felt like a pretty important, you know, big movie star at that point just offered something, didn't have to audition. <laughs> so that's how I got into the brain from Planet Arrows. Okay. All right. One of the, thing, one of the things I really liked about the movie when I had a chance to see it is that it's, you know, like a lot of movies in, like a lot of sci-fi movies in the, uh, 1950s, it really deals with 
the responsibility of nuclear war and it time after the atom bomb has been created, but it doesn't do it in the same way of creating, you know, a new monster because of the nuclear reactor. This is in a way, this is very similar. I think to something like the, the day the earth stood still where we have, we have somebody coming, something, somebody coming from a different planet. Yeah coming to uh, sort of make us realize that responsibility. And that's, that's one of the things I really liked about this. Okay, that's good. Yeah, the brain, a good, a bad one and a good one. <laughs> the guy yeah. that possessed the dog. <laughs> the good one possessed the dog. And uh, yeah. so, yeah, it was, um, that's interesting that you'd feel that way. That's true. Um, you know, but uh, in modern times, uh, something of the third kind. Uh, yeah, close encounters. And close encounters of the third kind. Now, that was somebody from outer space, an aliens that came to Earth. I thought that was pretty interesting, you know. Of course, that's one of my favorites, really. And uh, I'm an E.T. lover, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what were Did you, what was wait, let, let me ask you, have you seen, you've been looking at the Blu-ray, right? I've not had a chance to watch the Blu-ray yet. Um, oh. I had to, I had to, I had to catch it online first. Oh. So I haven't had a chance to, I haven't had a chance to dig into the Blu-ray, but oh. I really cannot, especially now that I've seen it, I really cannot wait to. Me too. I'm waiting for some copies. They said they're in the mail too, so I haven't seen them yet either. But I yeah. understand that I will be very impressed with uh, the job that they that they did on it. It's, so when they get into that, they really cherry it up, I guess. The movies, yeah, you know that they picked to do that. So, yeah, yeah. And the film. Go ahead. Yeah, and I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been uh, watching uh, film detective releases for basically a year now. Oh. I've always been really impressed with the way that they do their Blu-ray releases of these movies, the way they're able to set a context for the time that they were made, as well as why these films matter still now. <laughs> and yeah. I, I think this is, I, I think this is a really good addition to that. Um, Thank you. Collection. Thank you. Uh, what what is you know the the uh, the the aliens in this movie are essentially two gigantic brains. Yeah. What were, what were what was it like in terms of being on set and having what was what was it like with the visual effects at the time? Uh, having having to interact with uh, with the aliens in this movie. Okay. Um, as far as the good one, the good brain um, that went into the dog, I never saw that. I had to imagine. Now, Gore, which was the one that obsessed uh, John, the first time I saw that, now we didn't know how it was made. We didn't know anything about it. First time I saw it was in the Bronson Cave. Okay. And I, they had it in the dark and eerie lights and everything. And it was very easy to be, as Sally, to be frightened and scream, you know, to really, you know, scream. Now, the rest of the time had to be uh, what we call in the, well, I studied with Stella Adler, uh, emotional memory. 
And whenever the brain appeared or whatever, and it wasn't there, I had that emotional, that, that emotional memory and could, uh, could bring up the, the, the anxiety and the fear and everything about him. Now, I didn't see the brain again in reality, you know, there, when it started to attack me at the very end of the movie and John came in with the ax. So those were the only two times we saw the brain. And the rest of the time we used our magic, you know, well, I don't know what John did, how he managed it because that brain was coming at him and then possessing him. And I thought he did a whale of a good job, you know, with that. Yeah. It really yeah. demanded much more of him than usual because he had to play a bad guy too, you know. So, uh, but for me, I just used that emotional memory of the first time I saw the brain in that dark and his eyes were glowing and, you know, and all of that stuff. And then mm -hmm. uh, I saw it at the end. But uh, Val, who, who, whose name was the good brain, um, you just had, I, I just kind of got an image of the same kind of a brain, but with very soft, uh, kind eyes, you know, talking to me because I was in the living room and he appeared, but you didn't see him and I didn't, there was nothing there. There was only one brain created for the movie and that was Gore, the bad one. You never saw a second brain. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. One, of the things, one of the things I really liked about, one of the things I really liked about your character in this movie is that it, it she really is not your typical B sci-fi movie damsel in distress where it's like, she's basically just an adjunct to the main character. She actually has a, she actually has a role in and of herself. And that's, that's one of the things that I think is really so engaging about this film. And is that something that you were uh, conscious of at the time when you were making the film? No, I was, um, I, I, that was the effect. I jumped into being committed to what we call enacting the cause. And I, I grew, I, I created what I thought Sally was and, and, and the director of course had ideas too. And, 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 and was committed to the character. Now, people have written in, Stephen King wrote in once he said, what he liked about the movie is uh, I, I wasn't an empty headed, pretty little girl in a movie. I, I, I had, you know, I had some common sense and I was there to help the person I loved and all of that. And he went on that way. In fact, he was very young, I think 10 years old or something when he first saw it. And he said, you, you that movie helped to inspire me to write the way I write today. And I got a little, mm. letter from him, Stephen King. I'm sure you've heard of him. Oh, and, yes. <laughs> and and I, I, then I began to realize that uh, she was, um, a, you know, just not a little housewife or a little uh, girl in love and wanted to get married, although she did. She was waiting for Steve, you know, the character to mm -hmm. propose to her because she was very much in love with him. That wasn't in the script. That's just me building a character, you mm -hmm. know. And uh, so I, I realized much later that she was an entirely different female 
in a movie that a lot of them, uh, uh, you know, the way they had the, a damsel in distress, you know, yeah. I was frightened, but I was not in distress, you know, and, mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. I, I really, uh, I really came on because that's what Sally Fallon was like. And I mm -hmm. committed to that. What was it like working with uh, John Agar in this film? Because again, sort of as you mentioned, he's he's got he's essentially playing the villain, but he also has to continue to build this romantic rapport with you as well. Yeah, but it, it's a really interesting dual role for him. It was. He's never played a role like that before. <laughs> Uh, you know, but John is a gentle soul as a person. Mm -hmm. he, um, he, we got to know one another and we uh, spent lunch hours together. And I learned about a lot about his background a little bit and uh, a lot, a little bit. That sounds weird, but I mean a little bit about his background. And I shared some of mine, you know, as actors do, we talked uh, about each other and he had, you know, he had quite a past and quite a challenge. And uh, he was trained. He had no theater, right? He was, he waltzed into a John Wayne movie and wanted to be in the movies and John, he got his teaching from John Wayne because John Wayne would ha have him in some movies, smaller part here or there or whatever. And he's, he uh, admits to learning how to act from John Wayne, actually helping him in front of the camera mm -hmm. and so on. And John had a lot of natural talent too. And I think John saw that because mm -hmm. he, I don't know where he got it, but he had ability to put himself into the role and, you know, and commit himself to the situations. And that's why it made it fun in the brain to, to work with him. Because mm -hmm. we, I, think, I think we developed a nice connection there. I mean, I really think uh, they were really in love with each other, the characters. Yeah. I, I felt that. Yeah, I mean, and, I, and, and that's certainly, and that's important, especially for this film, that that connection is made and that connection is fell because of the fact that there so much of it is the fact that not only are you having to see this not only is there the the larger aspect of what this could mean to for earth but it's also the more personal aspect of what this means for your relationship with steve That's and right. uh yeah it's it's really i that's that's one of the things that was so engaging about this is because the there, it works on so many different levels, which is something that you don't really see in a lot of these other films yeah. of the time. I know, and, and it was the challenge that Sally had, being in love with Steve, but find, knowing that he was being possessed and to act like she didn't know, but there was that feeling of horror inside of her, but she had to act very natural when he was being so, so the monster didn't know that she knew, you know, that he was being possessed by the monster. And so there was, you know, that was that, there was that dimension of somebody she loved very much and had to act normal, even though she was very, very scared, really, you know, 
of this uh, possession. So that was challenging. Yeah, that was, I, I, um, and being interviewed like this, it brings out a lot of things that I never thought about, but you all are looking at the effect of what I did and which is what an actor needs to do. They, the, a director will say, you know, for sake of discussion, I want you to be angry in the scene. Well, you don't try to be angry. You look for the cause on why this person is angry. And then the audience sees mm -hmm. an anger or, or, or something like that. You know, the cause and effect. Yeah. Uh, the actor is the cause and the audience gets the effect, sort of, you know. You, you, you mentioned uh, hearing from Stephen King and how much the movie, how much he the movie meant to him. Uh, what has it been like over the years to hear from fans of this film as the film has solidified a re reputation uh, as a, one, a movie that stands out from this era of filmmaking? Well, it, it started to stand out more and more as time went by. But, you know, in the middle of my career, you might say, uh, the brain had a funny way of following me around like a little puppy dog. I would appear somewhere, somehow, uh, you know, it was always there. And I, it was like following me around through my whole career, you know, <laughs> and, and I, I, I don't want to take up too much of your time to ask questions but example i'm in a video store getting a video and my friend she's saying you wouldn't happen to see the brain from planet and i say oh be quiet no he, he doesn't have any goes the brain well he, he said yeah actually i do and she's well this is joyce meadows and i'm standing there oh please carol <laughs> shut up well anyways it's just a minute and he runs in the back gets the brain and a picture and i have to autograph right away. Now I've got a good career going, but up pops this little movie for me to respond to. And I have to say, oh, what? and he's putting my picture up on the wall along with other, you know, people in movies that he has encountered, you know, and so on. Uh, just little things like that all the way through my life, you know, and now I get, we get contacted about this Blu-ray that, they're, that the, the film detective has chosen it for Blu-ray. And I, oh boy, here we go again. <laughs> you know, but I'm happy about it. I am not complaining, Brian, believe me. I'm not complaining at all. But that's just oh, yeah. what it is. Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> and it's, 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 you know, even if it's something that at the time you may not have necessarily thought, oh, this is something that's going to last. This is something that people are going to respond to over the years. No, you know, seeing that validation build and build, it, 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 I, I can't imagine, I, I can only imagine that it's gratifying. I know. And it's weird seeing a, a, a very young Joyce Meadows up on the screen and I go, God, I, I, I look at it now when I saw the movie, I go, uh, that's a little overacting, Joyce, at that part. It's something, you know, I'm critiquing and, and, you know, and looking, you know, at what she did. But, you know, commitment is commitment. And what comes out comes out. You know, I always realized that. But uh, I was very critiquey about the movie. Not mm -hmm. when I first saw it. 
It was just the shock of seeing myself up on the big screen, you know, and so on. But I, like I went to Florida not long ago and uh, they had uh, me, they knew I, because Carol, that's where my friend lives now and she let everybody know. So they were, had a big night of uh, showing the brain from Planet Eros. I had to go up on the stage and answer questions and things like that, you know. So there I am watching the brain popping into my life. You know, having, I'm supposed to be there on a vacation, you know, <laughs> seeing my friend. <laughs> and there's the brain, you know. And I'm up on the stage answering all these questions. And, all, it, you know, what is so interesting is that the television shows and the movies have all come back. And I've been getting fan letters from all over the world, including Russia, China, Weird places like that for fan mail anyway that you wouldn't expect. But I've been getting all kinds of fan mail in my later years. It's kind of fun and interesting to hear what they have to say, you know? Well, uh, you you certainly have a fan in the brain from Planet Arrows and me. This, it, it, was, it was wonderful to discover this film for the first time. And it is... It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, well, thank you, Brian. It's a pleasure to talk to you, too, for all from Georgia. 